Today's episode of On the Break is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM to get started now. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to On the Break. The Josh is probably at home tinkering with his top 10 edition. It's Kyle Beats and I. Josh is out. Kyle, what's going on, my man? What's up, man? That is almost certainly going on right now. Um, we're looking forward to uh, to delivering that top 10 for you guys. Probably have that out in the next week or so, but we're letting Josh Josh finalize things here. He's, he's got it down to 15 people for the top 10. Right. He needed a brain break. He, I mean, you know, he, heard he, he already got Shaq out of there, so I mean... You know, he's he's not knocking things off the list pretty quick. But anyway, um, yeah, so break from the top 10 this week. So we figured we'd get back on and just cut it up a little bit, talk a little bit of uh, basketball movies I think we'll get into here in a little bit. But yep. um, yeah, just kind of wanted to update everybody on where we're at instead of doing historical stuff just for an episode. And we'll be putting that out, like Kyle said, here in just a little bit. Um, man, I've enjoyed the hell out of doing top 10 or a uh, top 30. I mean, I've literally probably worked harder on this than I've done anything else at this company. Yeah, absolutely. I've worked harder on this than almost anything in my life before. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it's been it's been great because it's given you an opportunity to still watch a lot of basketball while basketball is not going on. I don't feel like I've been, missed a whole lot. Exactly. <laughs> right. And it's like it's give it gives you some perspective on on the, you know, eras that just passed and the really old eras as well. Um uh, of what the game was like because it's so much different now that game has changed basketball's changed more than i mean certainly more than baseball and then really more than football even with air raid type of offenses because it, it you know i just think the product is so much different in the nba now than it was seven years ago like it changed really fast well i think it's just a different chemistry and camaraderie that you have on a basketball court whenever you only have five guys and one guy really does make an impact versus 53 guys on a football roster or 45 guys on a baseball roster or 25 guys on a baseball roster you know like you do have that individual uh effort i guess that makes a bigger difference in basketball and like what i think i've found to be the most telling throughout doing the top 30 is Almost every one of my top 30 guys made the game about their game. Yep. And that is yep. the only, this is the only sport that can conform to one specific player's game. Yeah. And I think we've all done a pretty good list of staying or a good job of staying consistent in our list with our criteria, whether we agree with one another's criteria or not is irrelevant. We've all stayed pretty true to our criteria. Cause I mean, like Josh's Shaq take, we didn't like it, but he's right. I mean, he could have done more with the talent around him because he played with, you know, peak Kobe, Wade, Nash, like played with a lot of really good players. So pretty much all good players. Somebody, some would say. And, and Shaq will come up later today, most certainly, but um, <laughs> not for the yeah, reason. I've, I've really had a lot of fun doing it. I mean, how are you holding up overall quarantine type situation? You still, you still chugging along business as usual. Pretty much, man. I mean, like it's been harder on the content side of all this stuff. I For think sure. as far as just like coming up with original stuff, like we luckily we kicked the can down the road on the top 30 for like way longer than we should have. But you and I were talking about the other day. I really feel like we d decided to do this at a good time, though. I'm glad that we've been broadcasting a while. I'm glad that we've been doing the show a while so we can really better understand each other. And like I could, you could look at something and be like, ah, yes, Justin would value that more than me or Josh or, you know, whatever. And so, like, that's coming at a good time, and that's helped fill tons of time on this show, and then we're going to have, like, the, the MJ documentary coming up and, you know, lots of that's stuff huge. like that. Like, there's still a lot to come. Now, do we have enough, like, solid content? And I'm using this show as an example, but pretty much every show is the exact same way right now. But, 
you know, like, do we have enough content all the way to December? If that's how this shakes out, I don't know. We'll figure it out along the way. But right. it's uh, it's pretty wild, man. It, it's it's just strange. I, I I don't mind being at home, so it doesn't really bother me very much. I'm able to kind of separate out my life pretty much like I normally do. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, really, all I'm doing is making necessary trips, grocery stores, gas stations, things like that. But I will say I noticed I do a weekly grocery store run. I feel like that's like a, a good amount where I'm not like hoarding, but I'm also not going too frequently. And um, I don't know if you've gone recently because you guys are big Costco Costco users, but the number of people with masks and gloves from my last visit quadrupled. Easily. Absolutely. Yes. Like I was in the minority by not having that. So um, working on working on getting that, but it's it's different times, man. Like people are actually taking it really seriously, at least where I'm at. Yeah, no, same. I think I think that's probably. I mean, it it seems like we're starting to kind of peak as far as just like week by week cases, but we're not out of the woods yet. I think I saw something from the CDC that said, like someone had said that we're probably on like stage two of five right now, which is crazy. Not great. Not, Not great. great, no. But it makes it, honestly, I, I've said it on here before. I feel really good being, you know, it, I'd rather be in like Texas or Southern California or Florida right now than, you know, uh, up north where the weather's a lot colder because that does play, play a like role it. in all of this. I mean, it's a beautiful weather, a beautiful day out here in Austin. So, I mean, I can't complain. Yeah, it's the same here in Dallas. And we've been able to like go out and walk and do different things and whatnot and right. like you know i don't think i've really talked about it much on this show but my wife is pregnant right now and so like it's even more of the essence that we don't expose ourselves to anything like that just correct we just like if it were just us like i don't really think it'd be a big deal but just given what we don't know about it that's probably what scares me the most but we've still been able to be out like i went out and you know kicked my own ass on my bike yesterday for the first time in a little bit and it's something i've you know been wanting to get back into so it's given me the time to do it it's given me the time to chill the other thing i was thinking about and i don't know if you'll agree with me or not on this but it feels like so we live in this age of just like constant information coming at us right it's just like right. like every five seconds you, you can't keep up you literally can't like it, it's astonishing to me that we've been able to do all this crap for as long as we have to make sure we're staying plugged in dude we digest so much information like the end of every day i'm like pretty exhausted from just right. reading and thinking all day right and like i'll hear things i'll be like wait did that happen or did i think that happened you know that kind of deal yeah it's been really nice to like just put everything on hold for a minute and just like mm -hmm. chill for a minute i just don't feel like i've been taking in nearly as much like info as i usually do and it's good to just rest the brain a bit i agree it has been a, a brain break in that sense but um i miss it don't get me wrong but. right like it's definitely different right you're talking about content talking about the day-to-day -day being different for, for this company you know it's crazy because like normally on a thursday night i'd be watching i would have already watched the second half of the early game i'm watching the first half of the second game yep. and instead i'm watching you know I'm in the middle of he got game at 10:37 on a Thursday because I'm researching for these uh, our favorite basketball movies and it's just a lot different. But I, I'm still trying to make trying to make the best out of it. And I'm I'm enjoying it as much as I think one can. I, I would. I mean, I, I'm actually surprised how much I'm enjoying it. But me and you, we I like movies, I like TV, I like music, so I have these other things to consume my time besides just sports. Yeah. Um, but I certainly miss it. And that sports is this time has shown me that sports is my favorite thing. Those other three categories by more than a marginal amount. A hundred percent. And it's astounding how much it just weaves into your everyday life like that. Like you were yeah. saying, like watching, you know, Thursday night games and stuff like that. Like I miss just, you know, kicking my feet up and watching the late games and shit like that. And you and I are wired the same way. Where we're kind of go, go, go people all the time. And like, we're always cranking, always thinking, always you know, yeah. always creating, always all that stuff and, and working and whatnot. And so like, that's probably a little bit strange for you. I know it has been for me. Right. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. That's why I'm just trying to keep myself busy with all these other things. But I'm sitting here like, you know, we've been researching for the top 30 and like, you know, I'm like working on one computer. I've got my big book of basketball open. You know, I've got like, you know, uh, basketball, you know, 17 tabs of basketball reference open, yep. you know, and I'm sitting here just trying to make notes. What? And I've got YouTube going behind me, you know, playing clips of, you know, the top 10 Pau Gasol, you know, not Pau Gasol, but, uh, you know, Shaq clips or, or whatever it is, you know, just trying to like, okay, I got to get myself back to like 2001 here for a minute and just right. like think, okay, what? 
what do I remember? Like, okay, I was listening to Limp Biscuit. Like, I was, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> all this shit. And you're like, God, okay, this at least helps get me back in the mood. But it that's definitely kept me busy. Yeah, nothing, little Fred and Shack action, man. Um, dude, I, 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 yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm really fond of some of these movies. You know, we went back and and watched a lot of classics i feel like so i mean we kind of set the stage here yeah for as as far as what we did which is not a whole lot of necessarily criteria or ranking or anything like that we just kind of want to talk hoops movies and yeah try to incorporate at least the story of basketball back into our life a little bit because i feel like that's probably what i've missed the most is just the ongoing narrative yeah, and we'll get into that because in some of these movies work basketball in a little bit, and some are truly basketball movies, and you got to figure out how you're going to differentiate that. Yeah, what, right. What really triggered this off for me, like so, talking about like top basketball movies or not top basketball movies necessarily, but just basketball movies in general, was my little sister texted me the other day, and she was like, "Hey, I'm watching that movie like Mike." And I was like, holy shit, I forgot about that movie. And yep. I started looking into like who's in Like Mike, which we can get to this in a minute. But like some of the, uh, it is star studded as hell. And, it really is. And then I got to thinking like, what are some of the other, like of my favorite basketball movies? And like, I mean like Space Jam is like obvious, right? Like that's definitely obvious. And we'll, we'll talk about Space Jam a good amount, I'm sure. But like. Absolutely. Like those are some of the, like that's one of the ones that like jumps into my head like right away. But like. You know, I, I haven't really gone back and watched like when it comes to like sports movies, I'm typically a one and done guy. I'm not I don't really need to go back and watch fucking, you know, we are Marshall again or Hoosiers again or, you know, <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I just once I've seen it, I've seen it kind of thing. Where are you at there? Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like there's a couple more rewatchable ones, which ones I think those are. Um, I had to go back and rewatch ones that I hadn't seen in a long time, or maybe a lot, a lot from the '90s, really, just to uh, get a feel for it again. Some of them hold up pretty well. Um, I, I kind of broke it down ones that because there's like only so many of these movies, right? There's only so many basketball movies. I kind of broke it down into ones that I think are, are are quality and not quality, but for all separate reasons. One thing I want to say: started thinking about other sports movies. There's so many more good baseball movies than there are basketball movies in my opinion i agree with that I, and i do think that baseball lacks a good like caddyshack type movie you know what i mean like when you yes. associate like really big movies with like a sport it, it like we are the tight or remember the titans like you know for football like that's a really good like uh representation of like what high school football was like at that point in time or whatever. I think so. right? Yeah. And I mean, there's some Disney vacation there kind of thing, but like basketball doesn't, I mean, there's movies like Hoosiers and stuff like that, but it doesn't really have like a standout to me. Space Jam comes pretty damn close though. Yeah. I mean, Space Jam's probably the biggest basketball movie of all time. Right. And until maybe Space Jam too, <sighs> yeah. although it could be a disaster. It could, it definitely could, but I, I don't know that it, I, I would agree, though. I think baseball does have better movies, but not by a lot. Like, you don't really have, like, a rookie of the year type movie. So I wrote down my three favorite baseball movies is Moneyball, mm -hmm. Bull Durham, yep. and Major League. Yeah, I, I those are, I think that, yeah, Moneyball. Don't feel the dreams on there as the Mount Rushmore. That Mount Rushmore is stronger than baseball or certain. Footballs. Footballs is kind of a shit show. Footballs is all over the place, and I, I'm honestly surprised that more hasn't been made. I don't really know how you would do it. I guess I, I'd have to think about that a little bit. Like, like I thought, even like, did you ever watch Ballers? Yeah. Oh so, yeah. So Ballers was a pretty good take at the beginning, and then yeah, the last seasons were pretty rough. Oh god, it was good for like a season and a half right. at the most. But yes, it it, it had a good different feel and i've never really seen an nba movie like that or a basketball movie like that i should say yeah i agree with that i mean from that standpoint of like the i like that aspect of it right the financial side of it as well the mm -hmm. way ballers did it i thought they did a pretty realistic job in that um i think Moneyball is, you know more than just a story about like the coach bonding with the team right right like it was how they built it and i like i like stuff like that you don't have a lot of that in basketball true it does now does golf quietly probably have the best one for one ratio of just absolute bangers like you've got Caddyshack, Caddyshack, 10, cup. 10 cup you've got 
uh, Happy Gilmore. That's yeah. a hockey movie too. You could dude, you could wrap a lot into that. Yeah. Um there's de- uh god, there's another golf one I just thought of. But I mean golf's got some bangers though, man. Yeah, I mean you could probably build the the strongest match more like top 4 with with golf. I mean it's certainly not hockey. Um Yeah. Not hockey. I don't know. Probably golf and football. Can't throw Caddyshack 2 in there. One of the Definitely worst movies not. ever made. Doesn't exist in my mind. <laughs> doesn't even exist so what but when you think hoop movies space jam is the first one that comes to your head every time i mean it so was the most influential on our age time at, at yeah so how old were you when space jam came out you gotta think about let me, that yeah let me see so i was probably like 10 I, I can't remember exactly what year space jam came out so i'm looking right now 90, 96 96 so i would have been november of 96 so i would have been 11 Okay, so I was five when that came out. So okay. that was, uh, yeah, wait, no, I was five. So that is, I mean, probably why it comes to your mind first. Well, it's that, like, so I think Space Jam, we'll just go ahead and talk about it. Space Jam was more than just a basketball movie to me. It was, it was really, like, it appealed to, so we talked about this a little bit whenever we have talked about uh, Space Jam 2, on, is yep. that we feel like it's, it was so transcendent across like pop culture in general right so like the fact that however you feel about r kelly now like i believe i can fly was a monster that was the most popular song in 1996 it, dude that was probably the most one of the most popular songs of that decade in the 90s yeah, yeah absolutely easily and, and it was so and you had that it, the looney tune immediately right then you had the looney tunes which appeals to people our parents age and whatnot that grew up with that stuff too so you have like a cross set and then like basketball fans on top of that so you had this like cross section of like sports culture you know like all kinds of stuff in that movie and that's why i mean i remember seeing this in the theater at least twice yep absolutely I mean, so when did you first, when, when is your first recollection of Space Jam? So I, I remember seeing it in theater, but I also remember having it on VHS. And that's one that I probably rewatched 50 times. And easily, you're right. Like, I believe I can fly. It makes you think about the opening immediately when he's like shooting outside with his, uh, and his dad comes out there and he dunks. And then he says he wants to play baseball, which is hilarious looking back on, on what that could have all been about. But, right. um, that that song instantly makes you think of that scene, and so that that is what sticks with me the most. But I can rewatch it. The cast is incredible. Incredible. I mean, Murray was such a a great. That was such a great placement of that character. It, he like it was just enough, but it wasn't enough. I mean, you had Larry Bird in this thing. Yep. You, I mean, l- let me actually pull up the actual IMDb page here because. I mean, I, I know I'm not even doing it justice. So, like, underrated in this movie, Wayne Knight was incredible. Yep. I mean, he plays that runt little douchebag asshole, <laughs> like, so well. He plays that, yeah, he plays that well in several movies. Yeah, and Seinfeld as well. Um, you had Larry Bird, Bill Murray. You had Chuck. You had Patrick Ewing, Muggsy Bogues. You had uh, Sean Bradley. Larry Johnson was in this. Yeah, so... I don't understand this. This is done in 1996, and you're telling me you're going to create the Monstars and steal five NBA players' superpowers. And Sean Bradley is one of the five players you're stealing his superpowers? Probably, right? I mean, that's terrible. <laughs> no, probably, just for the height. I mean, that, that's what it is. It's got to be the height thing. You already got you already got Chuck and Barkley. You yeah. got power forward and a center and another center. We're running we're running two centers and a power forward here. Absolutely. And then, with, with Muggsy, with but, the five five guy, I just don't like the roster. I think they could have built a, a stronger roster ninety six. I, I agree with you, but like remember how they chose it. They went to a Suns game and you know the guy next to him who was uh, a writer on The Simpsons actually. So do you remember the scene where it, yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh what's his name? Um uh I keep wanting to say Hank Azaria, but that's not it. It's the uh, right. the other main writer of The Simpsons at that point in time. That, um, I can't think. Not of graining, but so right. like one of the lead guys. Anyway, uh, so he's sitting there, and it's actually his wife or whoever who he's arguing about the good seats because the guy's doing something weird in his raincoat. He's arguing about like the seats or whatever, and that's actually Deborah from uh, 
from Everybody Loves Raymond, and she's been a lot of yep. other things too, uh, the middle and whatnot. But um, they're arguing or whatever, and remember he's like, "Oh man, Barkley's killing us," and and they're like, "Ah, that's the guy we need. He's killing people," and that's who. That's how they decided to take like Chuck. So like, I don't. My point is, I don't think that the the roster construction was what the Monstars were worried about, right? Clearly not. No, definitely not because. That, that's just not a quality roster for 1996. So I did write down a potential uh, roster for the Space Jam 2 that LeBron could be against. Okay. We know Damian Lillard and Klay Thompson are rumored to be in it, so that's the backcourt, which is pretty terrifying. That's a much stronger backcourt than Muggsy Bogues and Larry Johnson. Definitely. I'll take, I'll take that all day. I don't think um, that most people could tell you who Muggsy Bogues was. Five five. He's the shortest player to ever play in the NBA. Pretty good though. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, the the other guys, uh, Anthony Davis is going to be in it, right? He's Definitely. his teammate. That Definitely. makes a lot of sense. He's that type of a player. I think Zion as your other Ford makes a lot of sense just from a marketing standpoint and like a monster type of standpoint. The biggest, strongest, fastest guy. Okay. And then uh, as your as your center, you could run Giannis, but I don't would do that because of his uh his relationship with lebron so you roll rolling beat out there and i think mm. that makes a lot of sense those are all pretty good buddies so okay in your potential lineup though so uh, it's hard because we don't know what like the story is going to be but like in the original it was michael and the looney tunes versus everybody else yes and right. so like that's the team so it would be like lebron versus all those people is that that's what i'm Space Jam 2 is, but it's this one's probably going to be LeBron gets four other guys to play with him just because he wants to pass the ball so much. It's probably going to be something different. <sighs> probably so. God damn it. <laughs> but if, if we're going with the original storyline, that's the five that I think makes the most sense. With knowing that Clay, Aim, and AD are already on. Right. Zion, Zion and Embiid are my other two selections. I don't think that uh, since Zion's not a clutch guy, though, I don't think him and LeBron are good. I don't think they're tight. That could. That's a good point. That would be my only get, thing. I mean, Rich Paul's got to get. Gotta get I mean, Rich Paul's got to be involved here somehow. Yep. Yeah, you got um, to get all clutch guys. That's going to be tough. One other note about it, like, I love Bill Murray's uh, continual efforts to try to worm his way into the NBA, and yep. like he played all of about two minutes and was like, oh, "I got to go ice my knees." Like, that's not good. <laughs> That's not gonna work. Yeah, he dude, he played that character so well. Playing the the perfect grift game there. Uh, I mean, it involved golf. It like okay. So let's talk about this for a second. So whenever I think about like Space Jam and and the story it tells about Michael going to play baseball and everything, um, we've alluded to it on this show, and I'm sure we were going to talk about it when we get to the top uh, top five or whatever of our our list, but. I mean, Michael Jordan took a year off because he got caught gambling. Like, that's a fact. Yes. That happened. But I've, he'd rather he rather have played AAA baseball than the NBA. Well, I, that's what? what we're being told. Like, <laughs> how Michael is that Jordan, believable? What? Like, that's insane. And like, It's not even a little believable. No, not at all. And, like, there is evidence of him. So we've talked about this a lot that he would not love living in 2020 where cameras are around all the time correct and like there's actual evidence of him going in and placing bets on games he played in and things or at least placing bets on games i don't know like to the extent of like you know yeah i don't know if he played in those games i'm not sure but i mean if you're him though like you have a better view of anything or uh, of the game than anybody else i should say so like i could see why he would do it if he thought he was going to get away with it but also you don't have boys that can go place a bet for you yeah, like how are we not being a little more buttoned up about this, guys? Like, right. come on, you're gonna, you're Michael Jordan, <laughs> and you know if if he had never had any kind of blemish on his record and he went and played baseball like that, no one would have said anything. But it's like this guy is pretty well known as like a degenerate gambler and right. obviously an insane competitor. And I just think that at that point in his career, when he is the he is the NBA, like. He is the greatest player already at that point, most likely. I mean, they could not let him. They could not let that story be the story. They just correct. couldn't. And you said, yeah. That. So the NBA was the NBA was saving itself so that 
we didn't they didn't ruin their image by their best player being caught up in anything like this so he goes and plays baseball for two years why in the middle of that run would you go play baseball for two years that makes absolutely no sense because your father did i mean come on, come on. you he's too competitive of a of a guy to know i'm gonna go be below average at something working my ass off when he's the best at something else right and he he just seemed very dejected about it and it just like there, i'll always think about that that picture that I'm sure you've seen it where he's at his retirement quote unquote press conference and he's, you know, talking about like going like his, you know, his desire to go play baseball or whatever and just saying it's time to hang it up or whatever. And there's that picture of David Stern sitting next to him. Just like, he just looks pissed and like just pissed that the whole thing is happening in yep. general. And David Stern kept a lid on yes. shit like that big time. And I just go back to that a lot, and I, I just don't buy that either, that he just decided, hey, I'm the best at this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go play baseball now and then go back to playing basketball after that. If he never would have gone back after that, I don't think it would be nearly as much of a question. Right, exactly. And, I mean, you, you alluded to it earlier. In 1996, because of the lack of technology, there just wasn't as much of a requirement or expectation for the league to be as transparent with us as they are now. Right. And further than that, like you look at like you think about the fact that the he went and played for the the owner of the Bulls basically owned the White Sox affiliate team, the Barons, and that's where he went and played. Like you got to think though, like you've got to think that the league knows like this is bad for our image. Let's just put him somewhere. Hey, let's work with the team and get this just worked out and let me just go put him in the minors and in, in baseball for some reason. I it just, it's a wildly unbelievable story that has definitely not been told much. No. And obviously the documentary coming in to touch on that hardly at all, but uh, that documentary is going to be fantastic. I, I, I hope that we get the truth of this at some point in our lifetimes, but it's very unlikely, very unlikely. He doesn't say much just in general that that might be the most fascinating part of this documentary that, we, that yes. of his that's coming up is just to hear him talk about this stuff. Yeah. I mean, after post NBA, he's not nearly as, you know, seen or vocal as, Obviously, like Chuck, because he's on TV, but even a lot of these other guys, and he, he does own a team, although he's terrible at it. He does own a team, and he's still relevant in the NBA. Right. I mean, that's 100% a fact. He is terrible it's just, at it. It's just weird how how few sound bites you hear of Michael Jordan. Yeah. And so I say, we, we talk about all that to say that it is incredible that this movie was involved in that cover-up. Yes. I mean, the... The importance of this movie is un, was unknown. Like at the, at the time, I was just like, "Oh yeah, it's Michael Jordan making a movie." When I was a kid, uh, and I think this is obviously the best, you know, of all the movies on this list, the most memorable one um, for a lot of different reasons. But the, looking back on it, it seems so innocent in the moment with the Looney Tunes, and you're like. Wow, this be dark. Actually, this is a cover up. Yeah, like my mom knows this fucking story, kind of thing. You know what I mean? And like that's how deep this cover up goes. And just to really, le I learned about that probably about ten years ago, and I was like, no way. And then you know, it's one of those things. Like I don't, I didn't really even want to give it a whole lot of credence, just because like, I, it's almost one of those things. I don't, I almost didn't want to know. But then you know, the curiosity got the best of me over time, and I've since looked into it, and there's just a lot of things that line up to say that that's exactly what happened and I, I just i know how much of a pr master david stern was and absolutely this is brilliant though this is if that is what happened that's brilliant and think <laughs> about it like mj never did anything else like this ever no and all, like no. your one claim to fame and, and the argument can be made well you don't like if you're batting a thousand no pun intended here like you know don't go fuck it up but like uh, uh, he like it makes more did. sense that LeBron would do this movie, right? Like Absolutely, that personality makes more sense. Absolutely, I don't think that MJ had a Looney Tunes esque personality. <laughs> he just doesn't. no, and that's okay. But he just doesn't. And I wonder if him and Stern just had a sit down. He's like, "You got to fucking do this, Michael." And he was just he was just so frustrated. But he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> all right." Let's do it. I mean, almost certainly, right? Yep. Like he like if that's what happened, and he found out he was gambling on NBA games, he had him by the balls and, and MJ was going to do whatever he wanted. Like we talked about it when David Stern died, but like that guy was so powerful. 
so powerful. Yes. And yep. didn't forget things. Anyway, so Space Jam, a cover-up, but, but one of the best movies, uh, like, debatably, I wouldn't say, would you say of all time? It's, it's top, no. 100, top, like, 100 of all time, right? I mean, it depends what you look at. As far as social social impact and just being a memory there for 80s and 90s kids, absolutely. But if you're talking about quality of movie, mm, top 100 would be tough, maybe. It's it's not my favorite one on this list, I'll tell you. So maybe one of the first ones that comes to my mind. Is this your your favorite on this list? Uh, it's up there. I wouldn't say it's my favorite favorite, but it's definitely in the top three. So... I'll transition into what I would consider my favorite of this list, which is actually probably a, a little bit of a shock is love and basketball is probably my favorite, my favorite one on this list. I thought that was, and that came out when I was like nine. Um, oh, that's Omar Epps and Sinai Lathan. I thought that was a great story. Um, it seemed pretty real. Like the basketball was decent quality, which is up and down in a lot of these movies. Some of these movies have great basketball play. Some of it is terrible. Yes. Um, and we'll get we'll get into that. The basketball is pretty solid here. Omar Epps, I believe he can hoop. Like this looks like this isn't like Leo in the Basketball Diaries, which is more of a drug movie. But it's like Ooh. no one could convince me Leo, D one player. So um, Omar Epps is pretty believable. Uh, I think it's a fairly realistic movie. Yeah, it's it, but a good a good, good love story too. Actually, good love story did twenty seven million. At the box office. Uh, by the way, I looked up Space Jam. It did two hundred and thirty million at the box office. That's insane for go. that time period. That's insane. Um, so, like this, like Love and Basketball did pretty well overall. Yeah. So, like uh, the goal in these kinds of things is always to try to appeal to a cross audience because nobody cares about a straight. You know, I'm sure movies have been made about you know guys like, uh, you know, like just like all kinds of random, just like straight basketball movies and whatnot, and they've never even been talked about. Right. Yeah, th this one I, I liked a lot because his dad was a player um, in, in the league and he got to kind of grow up and see that in L.A. Um, and they, they're both like getting recruited by USC, UCLA. It feels very real. Um, but he, you know, he learns from his dad, who's ultimately like basically can't stop cheating on his mom and um, how some of these NBA players live going city to city. And he kind of goes through that himself. It's, it's a good story. And uh, I thought the acting performances were really strong as well. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those I'll wa I watched one time and probably won't go back on, but I I get the vision of the art, and it was really well done. It's a really rewatchable one to me, and it, it put both of them on the map. For Omar's career was relatively big. I feel like Sinai Lathan had a really good, a good run and, and consistent. That kind of put both of them on the map. She actually could legit hoop, though. Yeah, like, for sure. So she, so she played basketball. And uh, if you want, you go back and watch it. Like her handles are pretty nice, dude. Like it's it's very surprising. It doesn't look like a lot of editing where they're moving. Because a lot of these movies, they'll edit the hell out of it, where the camera is just constantly changing angles, and you yeah. can't see the face of the person doing it. And it's like, come on, this is ridiculous. Yeah, this is insane. This is definitely not that person hooping. But but her <laughs> performance was very real, and you could tell the whole time. Yep. Yep. So that was that was my personal favorite. So my uh, next one that that came to me uh, is a classic as well. I, I know you're gonna love this movie. White man can't jump. That's number two on my list. So Perfect. that I had love and basketball. White man can't jump, and then Space Jam is kind of my top. Yep. Yeah, White man can't jump is absolute classic. I mean, Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes. I mean, you know, Marquis Woody Johnson. Woody can ball too. Yeah, he I actually mean, played right. And Marquis Johnson shows up like this. Like this is. This movie is an all-time classic. Yep. Um, I was doing a little reading on this. I didn't have to rewatch it because I've seen it so many times. Same. But doing a little reading on it, um, Wesley Snipes actually can't play at all. So there was a lot more editing on his end. Um, like they said, he was like relatively athletic but not coordinated. And uh, like there was a lot more editing on his end. And like Woody was the more fluid player, which is pretty ironic. I mean, Wesley Snipes is just a confusing person all the way around. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see that, though. I could see I could see the athleticism, but I don't know. I, I, I guess they did a pretty good job with the editing on it, though. Because I, I, I feel like I've always viewed him as somewhat athletic, but maybe that's just because of this movie. Or I guess skill-wise, I've viewed him as pretty decent, but I guess for an act, I mean, even for an actor, you know? 
Yeah, no. Apparently, it was pretty like pretty unbelievably awful. Um, and he's only and he's only five nine, so that doesn't that. Is he really only five nine? Yeah, exactly. Wow. So they do a pretty good job of of hiding that, you know, running with the uh, the point guard here. But you know, Woody's only five ten, so it's not. Uh, they did a pretty good job of making them seem a little bit bigger. But, well, and it's easier when everybody's the same ish height. That way, you right. can you know scale right. it up. Uh, Woody's had an incredible career. Yes, as an actor, and this is absolutely no exception to that rule. No, this is. I mean, is this peak Woody? No, dude. Like, I think so. Been... This is coming off of Cheers. Yep. Cheers was just ending. This is before Kingpin and all of those. Because he did a bunch of, like, average movies in Kingpin the mid stinks. to late 90s. I feel like this is arguably arguably peak peak Woody. But he's had a, re- uh, a career resurgence, too. Absolutely, the, yeah. The second half of his career has been incredible. Just as... It's arguably been better. True. I mean, so like coming off of Cheers, like to me, White Man Can't Jump was a really like it was very like it tra- almost like a transitioning out of TV of into that. Yeah, yeah, like this is gonna he's not just gonna be the moron bartender and everything. And like that's probably the funniest thing about him is that he's as believable and true detective as he is in fucking beer fest. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's, it really is an unbelievable uh, arc that goes, it's, it's not an arc. It's an absolute like mountainous pyramid kind of thing. Yep. It really is. Um, anything else on that? No basketball scenes in this are a little, a little questionable. Um, not the, not the best quality basketball being played, but I would say this is the best, the best story on here. Cause a lot of the other ones that I like are uh, based on some true events. So this is probably the best or the most well-written film. Yeah, I think so too. I think it, it tells kind of a different story. It is basketball tangential in a lot of ways. Absolutely. But I think all these kind of have to be right. Yep. Um, I want to switch the switch it up for a minute and say semi pro is probably the funniest basketball movie arguably the funniest sports movie ever made. Hell yeah. So I love semi-pro because of the fact that it mixes a lot of historical accuracies and inaccuracies, I might add, of the (laughs) ABA-NBA merger. Yes. (laughs) And like, the the Tropics were not an ABA team, right? No. No, okay. And like, so he, remind me, he owns the team, He's the GM, he's the coach, and he's the starting power forward. Isn't that what it is? Correct. Exactly right. I mean, that's unbelievable. Like, imagine Cuban just out there running the whole thing. I think it's one of Will Ferrell's most underrated movies. I mean, it's another pretty strong Woody movie. Um, And you get Andre 3000 in it, which is just incredible. Just incredible Andre 3000. Yep. I mean, the fro alone is worth <laughs> worth it. Uh, I love that. I love Will Ferrell talking about going rover whenever he doesn't know what to do, and he just starts running all over the goddamn court. Like yep. that's. I would love to see an NBA player doing that. Yeah, I don't feel like this is when you think Will Ferrell movies. Everyone wants to say old school um, or or Step Brothers or Talladega. This doesn't get talked about enough, and I think it's incredible. Like his character is incredible. It really is. I mean, being like all the stunts and things that he does for. Uh, you know, like uh, like different attendance nights and stuff like that, where he remember whenever he gave away the big check or whatever, if they made a bunch of points or whatever, and yeah. didn't want to pay the guy and kept trying to get him to cash the big check, and you know, like the wrestling the bear, uh, yep. that was incredible. Like the whole thing is great, and it, it's definitely you're right. It's an untalked about Will Ferrell movie. I don't know why that is. Is it? Like so, the only other thing I can think about, like when I think of Step Brothers or like Anchorman, is that there were solid twos and threes there, and maybe Woody just didn't really resonate with people or something here. Or yeah, maybe Will I, I think didn't. that I think that's part of it. Um, you know, it it still did pretty well. I mean, it it did what eighty something. Did it really? Because I always kind of viewed that as a like a cult classic kind of movie. Oh no. So the, the budget was 50 to 55 million cumulative worldwide gross was 44. So yeah, that's, that's probably why it's not talked about. True. And this is, this was also directed by uh, Kent Alterman, which is like typically whenever Will Ferrell makes a movie, he makes it with the Fairley brothers and, and 
uh, or the McKay, uh, Adam McKay, excuse me, not the Fairley Brothers. Uh, and I think that makes a big difference too because Adam McKay is an incredible director. Yep. And this movie, like you said, definitely not talked about enough. Definitely underrated. It's it's got a pretty good cast, I thought though. I, I, Will Arnett's great in it too. Uh, yeah, I mean, Will Arnett plays plays the asshole so well. I mean, that's not shocking, right? But, I, don't, I don't know how much how much acting's involved there. Uh, but yeah, definitely but he, underrated. Definitely not talked about. If if you haven't gone back and watched this in a while, it's absolutely worth the watch, though. Yep, I, I watch this probably once every three or four months or so. It's it's that good to me. <laughs> This is the rewatchable one for you. It's definitely one of the rewatchables, yes. Okay. All right. What What else you got? All right. So one of the ones that I ran across that I quite honestly is just not my jam, and I don't know why. It's just one of those that everybody loves it, and I don't. It's the movie Hoosiers. Agreed. I just don't really – I don't know. I don't really like it that much. The Pretty good story. Terrible basketball. Terrible oh, basketball. My God, it's it's yes. unbearable. And maybe that's the part that gets me is the like at least try to get some authenticity going here. Yes, Hoosiers is probably the most overrated basketball movie. I wrote down the worst basketball movie is Eddie, um, where Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, yeah, just I don't need to go any further. Eddie yep. is the worst basketball movie ever. Hoosiers is so overrated though in my mind. I'm not a big Gene Hackman guy either. Yeah, no, I'm not either. Um, I think these because this was mid 80s when this came out these mid 80s movies about like the underdog it's similar to rudy like super overrated to me yeah i'm with you I, I i'm really big on like that would probably be the only part of my personality that's a little bit like almost hipster is just like whenever something's like way overhyped i almost just don't want any part of it whatsoever i was like that with game of thrones everybody told me to watch game of thrones and for that reason alone i did not watch game of thrones <laughs> I haven't watched Game of Thrones either. I just, it's not my jam. And then by the time that I thought about maybe doing it, it was like, it was close to over and too late. Yeah. You know, and who am I going to talk to about it? Apparently you, if you decide to do it, but I'm not doing <laughs> that. Um, but you know, like, it's just one of those things where everybody tells me that Hoosiers is a fantastic movie, that it's a classic, that it's this, it's that. That's all I've ever heard growing up. First time I saw it, I was really underwhelmed. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I've seen it three times and uh, I did rewatch it for, for, for this and, the basketball gets worse every time. I can't stand it. Uh, I agree. Um, another one I ran across is He Got Game. Yes. So Spike Lee movie. Correct. How, I mean, was this one of, I'm trying to think. So whenever Denzel did this, how far into his career was this? Dude, he's in like the middle the middle of a run. He hasn't done training day yet. Okay. So it's just so, before training. So this, day. yeah, this came out in 98 and I feel like training day was like 96. that started an incredible run for him in the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. So this came out in, in 98. So, um, you know, he was already pretty well established. He had done Malcolm X, you know, well before that, but this was kind of in a weird, uh, a weird, part of his career i mean i feel like malcolm x and philadelphia were really the the big movies he had done and then right after that i mean it's just it's the hurricane training day man on fire american gangster like it gets pretty strong that's over the next seven years so it's pretty strong he followed it up that's for sure uh it, yep. it, this was definitely it's probably a little underlooked just because you're right of, of the actual run that he went on that just was so electric and just I, it really everything he's done has hit so hard yes um i from a directing standpoint obviously it's spike lee so you know that kind of speaks for itself he's a legendary director i think the authenticity here is pretty good where's your head at on authenticity i think the authenticity is good i i think denzel is really the only solid performance in this i don't really like the the other performances that much um i do feel like you know the, the ray allen character is i don't know i just feel like it's it's not well acted this movie i feel like the idea is good and i, I like most of spike lee's movies believe it or not um i just thought that this movie could have been a lot better like the thought of having denzel play this play this father in this movie is a great idea on paper but i just don't feel like it was executed 100 percent. well bear in mind the time too though because like 
like we just said, like there were so many good movies after that that this does get covered up because of that a lot. Like maybe he wasn't quite he well, I mean, obviously when you look back on it now, he wasn't quite in his prime yet. And maybe that's a big part of it too, is you know, if yeah. we, if we would have made this movie five years into his prime prime. Yeah, like in uh, in Ray Allen's prime? No, in Denzel's prime. Oh, in Denzel's prime, yeah. Or it could have been for Ray Allen too, because ninety eight it wasn't quite his prime yet. I mean True. if he was if it was like oh four. Um I love that it the I forget Ray Allen's character's name is Jesus Shuttleworth. Dude, an incredible, incredible name. One of the the top names of any basketball movie out there, period. Absolutely. It's uh, a good story. It it's kind of makes you think a little bit. It's got some levels to it. I really love the like uh, the interesting thing about Spike Lee directing this is just that he is so close to basketball. For better or for worse, in his case, right. That's but, a good point. You know, and that that helps this a lot because I did feel like all that was very raw and, and very well done. So yeah, I, I think that authenticity factor probably plays in most of the time in these movies that aren't silly. Uh, what else have you got? It's two hour fifteen runtime, so have some time. A um, couple more that I really enjoyed. So I went back and watched this because I'd seen it once, and you may have not seen it. You probably seen it on some of these lists called Blue Chips. Yep. Um, it's a Nick Nolte mid nineties movie. Uh, that does an incredible job of foreshadowing college basketball. Cause it's really around about how he's, you know, this coach that had won all these championships and um, is trying to kind of get back the, get the team back. Uh, it's where it was. Cause it's, you know, they're, they're a 500 team now and he's not trying to cheat in his recruiting and they got, you know, cameos by Jim Bayheim and Rick Pitino Bobby Knight and it's all these guys out here recruiting um, and, and paying these players and you know the boosters are trying to get them to start paying players and it's really kind of foreshadowing the you know where we're at with the NCAA in our minds now because um, you have this you know this booster telling them hey these kids are, aren't getting anything yeah obviously a selfish you know selfish intent but it's kind of crazy looking back on it because I think they were writing it as Hollywood back then and now it's like that's just real yeah absolutely i mean this this movie here's a great factoid for you that i ran across like this movie was the reason that orlando drafted penny hardaway like they were working like uh shack was helping film this movie and he went to the front office and requested that they draft penny hardaway that's incredible so i didn't know that but i did want to note shack's character neon badeau one of the all-time best strong name that's a strong name so the way they i don't know have you have have you seen this or has it been a while it's been a little while but i've seen it before i saw it on i caught it on tv one day when i was at home or something the best is when he goes and finds shack in the middle of louisiana and these kids are like all you know running to this gym basically it's like a an old like market and they're just playing basketball in there and shack's just dominating guys and he dude he looks that was like right as Shaq had entered the league. He looked incredible. He was so all, lean. 12th all time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he looked incredible, dude. He was so strong, so lean. And that scene is hilarious. His his acting is is not great in that movie, but it's it's really funny going back and watching it. I think if we've established anything, it's that Shaq is not an actor. Correct. Shaq needs but to be it, playing Shaq, and that is all such a he has such a big personality though and you can see it really early right there it's just the acting is just terrible but um, you get a bird cameo where he's just shooting shooting buckets in indiana when he's going to recruit this uh this kid out there in french like indiana and it's that that's always um a good tie back yeah i I really like that a lot um i thought nick nolte was really good in this movie but it's definitely one that just doesn't get doesn't get talked about that much yeah, I I agree with you. It's one of those that you kind of forget about because it is an older movie too. That's a big part of it, right? Like you do kind of lose sight of some of these older ones whenever they kind of fall off the radar, especially for guys like Shaq who have had somewhat of a second half resurgence in his career as far as not necessarily acting. Uh, like right. Shaq was out there trying to do it all. Like yes. Shaq tried to rap. Shaq tried commercials, which he still does, but I think he's found that if he's going to have any kind of part of the spotlight, it needs to be short bursts, and that's it. That's why NBA Tonight works great. That's why commercials work great, and that's about it. 
Yes. That, that's fine. That's completely fine if that's what you want to do. It's very akin to how his career went, though, in the NBA. It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. Um, Could he do more? Definitely. Should he? Probably. Right. right. Is he going to? La- Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the like last the- thing I want to say about that is when Nolte is recruiting these three kids that he's trying to get, this kid from Chicago, this uh, this white shooter from Indiana, and then Shaq from Louisiana, is he's going to all these uh, – you know, all these uh, families and sitting down with them and he's in Chicago and he's like, you know, the kid goes to a Catholic school and he talks about his Catholic upbringing. She's like, well, I'm not Catholic. You know, I just send him there. He's like, oh yeah, me either. And then he's in Indiana and he talks about how he's a, you know, a, a Baptist. He's like first Southern though. And, you know, and then he's an Episcopalian or something or Presbyterian in the third one. It's like, these coaches will do fucking anything, man. Dude, these, these coaches are a bunch so of great. snake oil salesmen is what they are. Like they're out right. there. For, like, dude, Nick Saban slithering into people's living rooms, telling them whatever they need to hear. Yeah. It, well, that at Nick Saban's point, I feel I, like you're selling yourself. It's like the tier right below right. that, where it's really, really bad behavior well and i think basketball is far worse than like college football absolutely like, you have look, so many more selections look like at patino like dude. arizona or something like you know sean will, or uh, sean miller like josh will hate this thing that's his boy but like they get to the sweet 16 every year they never win it so it's like you got to really be throwing the kitchen sink it's right you got to be do, you got to be scraping the bottom of the barrel doing every single possible thing you can to get these kids to come to your school and yep. i mean look at patino was throwing hookers at kids i mean good god you know but it's still it's a thing you know and it is what it is that's part of the business if you think he's the only one doing it you're crazy he, yeah he's definitely not the only one you know giving giving kids things they shouldn't get hookers he might be the only one though maybe it's clever it's clever for sure it's- um, what, all right. What, what else you got for me? Um, so, so I we we've already talked about a lot of them. Um, Glory Road was one that came up. Yep, I got two more left on my list, and that's one of them. I think that might be the best true story, or like based on real event story. Agreed. Where's the authenticity factor here for you? I feel like it's pretty good. I thought um, so too. And you know, it's for a PG movie. I guess that's the best way to put it. Like you could have. There's a world where you could make this way more authentic in an R-rated movie that would not be family friendly at all. Right. Um, based on, you know, what the story is. But um, you know, the fact that it's it's, you know, based in Texas, um, and then just the, you know, social importance of the movie. I, and I think it's pretty solid basketball and a really strong acting performance as well. Um Great. I would say this is maybe one of the one of if not the best movie on here, if you're just looking at quality of movie, it's just that like white men can't jump is such a great, like it's Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. You know, you have that, you have the superstar factor and it's such a classic same with space jam with, with MJ. Um, But if you're just looking at overall film, I think you could make an argument. This is one of the best basketball movies. Definitely. I think so too. And like everybody, like the authenticity factor here for me was really good. Because it wasn't focused on basketball. It was basketball tangential in a way. And when mm-hmm. I say that, like I really mean that it's like it the main story is not about basketball, even though it kind of is about basketball. Right. And that's what these like, movies that are the best do the best is that's what, what they do to differentiate themselves is the story that goes along is just mind blowing in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, th- I think this is Disney's version. Them trying to do a basketball version of Remember the Titans, right? Like they're trying to tell a social issue, you know, a racial Im- important story through a P though. So it's, it's very delicate in how you're going to do. I think they do a, a pretty good job here. Yeah, I think so too. I think it, it it's two hours. So it doesn't just like completely drag on like a tailpipe, which is nice. Yep. And it, like it did really well at the box office. It grossed looks like forty two and a half million overall. That's pretty good, pretty solid, pretty decent for a sports movie, I would say. Um, I, yeah, like this. This is one I feel like should jump to my mind for, uh, quicker than it does. But I really kind of, I didn't really think about it until I, you know, I really started working on this list. I think it's one of the if I I would say it's the most rewatchable movie on here. Yes, yeah. and white man camp jump. Yeah, agreed. I don't hate that take. Uh, other than like Mike. Yeah, like so like Mike. Now two very different, but like Mike and Airbus 
other classic, you know, childhood movies, just not quite on the Space Jam level. Right. Um, Mike Mike's cast is arguably the strongest, though. It, without a, a question. I, I mean, just Lil Bow Wow alone was really good for a kid in this movie. Peak Lil Bow Wow. Definitely peak Lil Bow Wow. I... Bow... Have you does Bow Wow still make music? Because I know he got rid of the Lil thing and just became Man, Bow Wow. Yeah, so he and he's been hosting stuff on like BET and MTV. Okay. Um, it's okay, pretty rough. Is it but, rough? Uh, like, is that a really a terrible resurgence in your career? I mean, it, it, I think so, considering the expectations. Um, but. No, it's not the worst. We've seen childhood stars do a lot worse than that. So it's not it's not worst case scenario by any means. But I think the expectations like after like Mike, you're thinking like kid's gonna be a superstar, you know? I mean, what's he gonna do though? Go make songs about letting dogs out for another twenty years? I mean <laughs> you know. No, that was the fucking never mind. Yeah, I was like, wait, I'm, I always I'm get so all that era confused because I wasn't yeah, big. No, so I yeah. mean, he he had some stuff with Snoop where you're like, this is a 12-year-old kid. This is actually pretty decent. That's right. Yeah, no, that's right. Actually, now, let me. I want to look at his like actual like albums because he's done. He's had to have done a good amount of music at this point, right? Yeah, absolutely. New new stuff's not going to hold up as well. I just want to run through the NBA players that yes, were in this. This is this is an O2, so you got to think about you know where these players were at in their career. Uh, Steve Francis, Allen Iverson. Jason Kidd, Alonzo Mourning, Tracy McGrady, Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, Gary Payton, David Robinson, Chris Weber, Rasheed Wallace, Jason Richardson, Desmond Mason. That's uh, that's a strong list. That's a really strong list. I, I mean, so, like all those people are in our top 30. Oh, yeah, a lot of them Most are, of too. Them. I mean, they got Jimmy Kimmel in this movie, so they did, a, they did a pretty good job. Did Simmons write on this movie at all? No. Okay. Because I think no, that's this is actually before the Jimmy Kimmel show even started. This is like right as that was happening. So Simmons was an original writer on Jimmy Kimmel, right? For one season, yeah. But it was like the and, first season. Yeah, yeah. It was the first season. It was like oh, oh three, I think. Okay. So I know they're right buddies. I didn't this. know if they had if he had written on anything else or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, no, a really well told story, a good story, a basketball tangential. You get, like the kid factor is incredible in here. Like I said, he was great. Um, yes. For especially being, how old was he when this was? Uh, 12. 12. So that's pretty solid, you know? And he came off like, like the, like you said, the expectation was just probably through the roof for him. And like, he had already had two albums out at this point. So like, he was, he was cooking. Yep. But, ah. Uh, you're right. He never really apexed into what he probably like, maybe could have, but no, like that's what I'm saying. Like this is like where you go in <clears throat> this movie for his career was like where a guy is a freshman and he just like kills in the NCAA tournament. And you're like, this is the next guy. It's like an Anthony Bennett, and then he gets drafted, and it's just a total bust. Like it, it, you had such high expectations after this movie, and it never really panned out. Did Master P have something to do with his? No, so Master P, Lil Romeo is Master P's That's son. right. Okay, that's Lil right. Bow Wow is Snoop's nephew, apparently. That's right. Okay. I knew it was something like that, but I couldn't remember exactly how all yeah, that I got, I got you on all the, the Lil's from the early 2000s. Dude, that's where my uh, rap knowledge is really spotty. <laughs> yeah, well, that, <laughs> it's not great. That, that's, that's okay, though. Yeah, I, I dipped out of rap for like maybe 10 years. I, well, literally just that would a dark have been period. the decade to do it that would have been the decade to dip out definitely man like i can't do the little johns and all that I, I none of that is good to me and so i dipped out from about like probably post like <sighs> dre's chronic 2001 maybe a little so bit right, later than that like oh one oh two to like oh eight yeah probably uh probably a little longer than that yeah probably till about wheezy yeah till wheezy really blew up Okay. Uh, I kind of got back. So like that was like literally like an eight year dark period for me. So the fact that I don't know the difference between, you know, fucking that's the best timed eight year dark period you could have picked. I, I know. And it wasn't even intentional. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but this was one of those that I was glad that I saw in the before I had kind of, you know, started to tail off into other things for a while. And great movie. Like th the fact that T-Max in this movie alone is one of my favorite things about it. Yes. And I mean, Allen Iverson, obviously, one of my favorite. Steve Francis. Oh, man. Just like even Dirk, man. This was so early, Dirk. This was like Dirk 
just got to America, Dirk. Like just be, it, it was like his fifth year, but his English was still pretty terrible. Pretty terrible for sure. That was uh, like, okay. Yeah. So yeah. I, I thought though the story was great. Overall, the quality was great. Um, any other thoughts on this? Yeah, the basketball quality is great because you had fucking <laughs> yeah. seven famers in it. This, Held up a little bit better. The Blue basketball, basketball was really solid. I forgot to mention that. They, they, those dudes weren't like NBA players, but everybody was like six, seven. It was like, that's pretty impressive. This had a better basketball cast probably than Space Jam did outside of like MJ. Oh, for sure. Not even close. Yeah. And even that, even with MJ, this rivals that. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. You know, I love Vlade, but like. I, you put five guys on your best five together on Space Jam versus your best five together in this movie. This movie is winning. Easily by 20. Yeah. It's not, it's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have Sean Bradley on somebody. Um, I will say, talking about basketball quality, arguably worst basketball quality of, well, not worst, but one of the worst is Coach Carter, and that's one that's pretty corny that yes. people hate. I just saw the look on your face. I actually kind of like it. Do you? It's, it's, a, it's a bad movie, dude. It's terrible. Um, I like Samuel L. a lot. Uh, I had written down, who's the least believable basketball player of any of these movies? Channing Tatum and Coach Carter or Leo and basketball diaries it's pretty close dude Jay tatum's hooping is so unbelievable and he's 27 in this movie dude jason lyle is a terrible character just oh. <laughs> jason lyle. just you know yeah, that was the character name it was really bad I, i'd agree with you there but man like just all the way around this movie screams like cheesy and corny just like every other one of his movies are yeah. And maybe that's why it works. I it's just not my jam, man. I, it's just really not. I just don't. Yeah, I don't really I, care for him a whole lot, to be honest. I like the twenty first and twenty second Jump Streets. I thought those were pretty solid. But I think Jonah Hill helps that balance a lot. Definitely. I um, mean, Ashanti you know, was in this Ashanti movie. In this movie. Yeah, yeah, that's, dude. that's what stood out. Um, yeah, this is Samuel L. trying to drag all these actors through the trenches here. <laughs> I mean, it feels like. One of those movies that should be, it feels like one of those movies that's more revered than it should be in my mind. And Absolutely. I, I just it's so bad. much TNT and TBS playtime. Oh it makes God. no sense for I the know, quality. It's, it's the equivalent of Remember the Titans for basketball. Yeah, but and a really, lot worse. But um, a far a lot worse, yes. I, uh, I want to see Above the Rim. I have not seen this. This is like third ranked on IMDb's basketball. And it's, Tupac is the, is the co-star in this movie. We've mm-hmm. seen it. Yeah, so I've actually I've only seen parts of this though. I haven't actually seen the whole thing. So I we need to go back and let's both go back and rewatch this soon, and we'll we'll come back and review it maybe. Yep. Um, another one that does not hold up well, especially from a twenty twenty political politically correct uh, standpoint, is Juana Man. I don't know if you you saw that back in the day. It came out. God, in like, of course, I've seen Juana Man. Oh, two. Yeah, bro. Juana- if that came out in twenty twenty, I don't think the perception would be. Uh, it's too uh, too funny to too many people here. It's an unbelievable story. It really is. I mean, everything about Joanna Man is just fantastic. Like genuine showing up is incredible. Like Will Kim's <laughs> in this movie. It, it just the story is outrageous. What? So give a little breakdown of the story. Yeah. So it's basically a you know a, a washed up bass NBA player. Uh, that that ends up posing as a woman uh, to play in the WNBA or the WUBA, I right. forget is, is what it's called. Um, and I just feel like if you tried to do that and today, it's like, well, why can't you do that? It's like, because this guy played in the NBA. That's why uh, it was. I love that when you look up the, uh, who is it? Miguel A. Nunez Jr.'s character. It's Jamal Slash Joanna Man. Yeah. That name is so incredible. Jamal uh, Jeffrey slash Joanna Man. Yes. It's it's pretty poorly written aside from the the overall idea is hilarious. Um, but well, the, the, story the story has is, some holes. The story has some holes, but it's as good as it possibly can be for such a ridiculous premise. I guess that's true. But like we get, dude, we the, get a four six out of ten on IMDB. That's pretty rough. Pretty terrible, but like the fact that this is a, a movie that just straight up makes fun of the WNBA is yes. is 
probably not what the NBA was looking for whenever they got that started. It's been tremendously successful since then. Uh, And again, this movie was in 2002. But like, I, I also love that it's classified as a comedy, drama, and romance. Definitely neither of the the latter. Yeah, definitely not a romance at all. But yeah, the premise of it of just dressing up like a, I mean, and the antics that that come about in this movie. I don't like for those that haven't seen it because it is an, a considerably older movie. You need to go see Joanna Man. Yeah, it's O two. It's a little older, than I thought. Yeah, it, it is absolutely hilarious and just definitely not something that would work today. No, even close. What uh, is the, the new? Go ahead. I was going to say, the new, uh, the new Affleck movie, I actually got that on, on Plex. It's an app that I use on my, uh, my smart TV. I really like The Way Back, actually. It was pretty solid. It was very – it's like Coach Carter, but a little bit better. Like, it's your typical corny type of story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's more of a, a comeback for, yes, the team in a way, but um, Affleck's character, uh, which is a little bit different than, than Coach Carter. I really thought it was pretty, pretty good, though. Um, you know, everything's coming down to the last second, as a lot of these movies do, which is not always realistic. But good, good acting in that movie. That's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, definitely. I- I'm with you there. It's probably underrated, though, so far. Anyway, um, what other basketball movies came up for you? Anything else? Yeah. So the only other ones that I had written down were all uh, Finding Forrester. These are like ones that aren't fully about basketball, but right. incorporate some basketball. Um, Finding Force is actually a really good movie. That's rewatching. Teen Wolf is pretty awful. Yep. Um, I, I'm just not a big 80s movie guy unless it's like the R-rated 80s movies. The 80s like the were weird. 80s movies are rough. <laughs> the 80s were a weird time for a lot of things, man. The music was very bizarre, too. It's, it's, yes. It, I like it a lot, but it's just very bizarre and very offbeat and different. You can do it in small doses a lot, but it's not a continuous thing for a lot of people. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I think we covered most of them. What the fuck was Air Bud? You never saw Air Bud? Well, no, no, I saw it, but like, what the fuck okay. was that? Like, what? who came up with that idea? Like, what? I can't believe a studio decided to make that idea. Hey, Multiple- it was pretty successful, because then they end up having him play, like, because oh. they started, basketball was the, the OG, and then it went, like, football, soccer, Probably baseball. We I mean, get some cricket in the mix. I mean, who knows how far this went? It, it was definitely a big movie, but... I, when I ask what the fuck is it, I guess I just wonder, like, what? How did they come up with that yeah. idea? There's just certain night movie ideas where I'm like, what the fuck? You know, Someone like, at Disney it was just baked one night. And they're like, we're going to run with this. Right. It's exactly Everything how, we're doing in the mid-90s is gold. We're just going to throw this out there. It's exactly like Basketball. It's just like, what the fuck? It's an incredible movie, but what it's the exactly fuck is that? It's exactly like that, except G versus R, because it's South Park versus Disney. But aside from that, the Pretty exact- spot on. Yeah, pretty spot yeah. on. Uh, that definitely came up though. Whenever I was looking at it, it just that's one Iron- that I saw once. I don't remember if I've ever seen it a second time after that. I know I watched it a lot as a kid, but I was also like four or five when it came out, so it was a little right. different. Um, ironically, a family friend that we know actually owns a owned a descendant of Airbud. Ah, we can get him on pretty the show, cool. ask him some questions. Yep, <laughs> awesome. So it's pretty pretty cool. All right, well, I think we'll go ahead and wrap things up. It's uh, been some good basketball movie talk. Uh, expect more of this as this quarantine thing keeps going on, but we'll probably be back in the next week or so with the uh, the top 10, finish out the, the NBA OTB top 30, I should say. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. I'm glad we got to talk some movies, and we'll see everybody next week. Later.